Hello, and welcome to The X-Ray. I'm Fernando Espuelas. First, let me explain what we're doing here. There are a lot of great podcasts, and there's some really great political podcasts, but we're doing something different. We're taking a different road. We're taking a fresh look at our political system. Introducing The X-Ray, a new political podcast about political power. Who wants it, who wills it, and why? A penetrating analysis of the biggest issues facing American politics. Interviews with power players, conversations with politicos, experts, and national journalists. And a special segment called X-Ray Vision, a fun exploration of the real person behind the political title. I'm your host, Fernando Espuelas, and I hope you'll join me every week on The X-Ray. For more information, check out thexray.org, and don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. The X-Ray is a project of Issue One. I'm Weston Womp, and this is Swamp Stories, presented by Issue One. Eventually, scam artists run into the same dilemma. What they claim to be true proves not to be. If you buy a fake watch, the scam is revealed when you take it to get repaired. When Bernie Madoff's clients ask for their money back, it wasn't there. Although it may take years in some cases, what goes around usually comes around for scam artists. And of course, law enforcement plays a big role in this. But an emerging trend in the world of political fundraising has enticed crooks to prey on the elderly and others, with few laws on the books to stop them. Unlike a counterfeited item or a Ponzi scheme, what they're selling won't show up in the mail. And for that matter, you may never know whose pockets your contributions are ultimately lining. What's left often are good people who are swindled into turning their money over to grifters. This is episode 30, Swindled and Scammed. It's really a variation on just your traditional nonprofit scheme. A fake nonprofit will call and scam somebody, say, oh yeah, your money is going to help uh, breast cancer victims. And then it never does. It just goes to pay like telemarketers. Roger Solenberger of the Daily Beast has been investigating a new super PAC phenomena. He spoke to me about his reporting. It's the same thing, except with PACs, they have this new loophole where they're not really obligated by you know state and federal reporting laws. They can walk in this narrow gray sphere between the FEC and the FTC and, and all the laws regulating nonprofits. So they found a way to run what is, at least right now, appears to be a sort of quasi-legal you know, nonprofit scam. There's a reason the IRS closely scrutinizes nonprofits and the Federal Trade Commission maintains strict rules about charitable fundraising. And the FBI also often warns about charity scams. There's even a National Association of State Charity Officials, made up of state leaders who oversee how charities are regulated, because charities are fertile ground for scam artists. That's why charities have become very tightly regulated over the years. But contrary to charities, virtually nothing about super PACs is closely regulated. 
dark, undisclosed money flows into them regularly, and they openly coordinate with campaigns, despite both practices explicitly being prohibited by law. In fact, super PACs, which can look a lot like a nonprofit to the non-discerning eye, can raise money just about however they want to. Emails, texts, call centers, you name it. There are basically no rules. And even if there were, there's not really a cop on the beat considering the Federal Election Commission's historic dysfunction, except in the most extreme cases that gain the attention of the Department of Justice. I've gone through donor lists and called donors, and, uh, you know, they were elderly people, almost all of them. Uh, almost all of them were uh, Trump supporters or had been lifelong Republicans, and they had no idea that they were giving to a political committee. They thought that they were giving to a nonprofit, some interest group that would actually help the people they cared about. And these groups didn't help anybody except for the people who were running their vendor businesses. And there's an important clarification to be made here. When we've covered super PACs, we've generally been talking about the kind that exists to support a specific candidate. They are certainly underregulated, and there are all sorts of other problems, but at least they're doing what they say they are. But at the end of the day, a super PAC is really just an account that's established with the federal government that is required to disclose its large donors and is prohibited from working directly with a candidate's campaign committee. Anyone can start a super PAC, and for any reason, to advocate for anything, or pretend to. They will create an entity for veterans. Uh, they're very popular, these veterans, like Alliance for Veterans, uh, Law Enforcement, you know, America, Americans for Wounded Law Enforcement, Firefighters. And a lot of these are targeted at conservative donors, especially at elderly people as well. These scam packs posing as legitimate organizations to rip off everyday Americans are only the beginning of the story. Below the surface, shameful but sophisticated scam artists are having a heyday with the nearly unregulated Super PAC playground. We're going to take a short break. We're taking a short break from today's episode to tell you about a show in the Democracy Group, a podcast network that Swamp Stories is a part of that's made up of other shows committing to fixing our broken political system. The Democracy Paradox podcast brings together scholars from political science, sociology, economics, and other disciplines to discuss democracy, politics, and the world around us. Listen as host Justin Kempf has wide-ranging conversations with some of the brightest minds about topics such as civil resistance, democratization, and polarization. You can listen to Democracy Paradox wherever you get your podcasts. We're back. Writing for Salon late last year, Solenberger exposed a serial scam pack affiliate who lives just up the road from me in East Tennessee. Despite the millions he's made, you won't find his name on any of the disclosure reports of the super PACs that he's milking for cash. Man, uh, Alan Bones is a, a pretty fascinating character. I came to him when I was looking at a scam pack last year called the American Wounded Veterans Pack, and it caught my attention because 
the way you identify these things, right, is you see, well, how much money they're taking in and how much money are they actually spending on politics, right, on political action, which is what they're supposed to do. And some of the ratios are just insane. Like a group will take in $7 million from its donors and then pay, you know, like $50,000 for actual political activity. And then the rest of that money essentially goes back to paying themselves and their friends through these different companies, these vendors that the PAC uses. And this PAC was one of them. And I was trying to identify who was involved with this PAC. And it's really tough sometimes because they'll put just someone's placeholder name on it. But Alan Bones has never had his name on a PAC and he wasn't connected to them in stories. He's one of the guys that gets paid by the PACs. So I found him through a vendor that was getting paid by one of these packs. And then I started pulling that thread and I connected him to this huge network that's, you know, tens of millions of dollars a year that they're just sort of siphoning off of unsuspecting donors. And this network is paying themselves. The sheer scope is astounding. There are tiers to this thing and they do level up to pretty major scam artists and we're not just talking you know a hundred dollars from somebody like they get into the millions to tens of millions of dollars that you know just go straight into these black holes they'll tear them up they'll put you know sort of ghost people and they'll shuffle all these names around so it becomes really hard to find out you know who is you know who's the big fish and in this instance like it wasn't even bones who was making like millions of dollars a year by the way uh, it actually leveled up to another network, this other company that was completely invisible. It had a headquarters in Wyoming. It was run by some like Wyoming corporate agent. So as much as I could figure out, it seems like there's always a bigger fish. If Republicans and Democrats can't agree on anything else regarding super PACs, surely they can agree that there's a problem when fraudsters are using political committees to rake in millions for themselves. Last year, Democrat Katie Porter and Republican Dan Crenshaw teamed up to introduce a common sense bill that would have been a step in the right direction to combating scam packs. But in the middle of a pandemic, it never got a vote. The way to close the loophole is through legislation that will allow the FEC to actually take action and shut these things down and will allow them to quash them and not let them spring up again, right? Because you can take down a pack here and a pack there, but it doesn't dis disincentivize uh, new ones from springing up, which they do every year. With Alan, it ha I actually saw it happen year after year. He'd shut down this company, and then for the you know 2020 election year, he'd open up another one. So what's Alan up to now? You're probably wondering. I assumed all the publicity had to have been bad for his scam pack business. But Solenberger has heard otherwise. I did get a tip, I guess it was just last week from somebody who said that his, you know, he was connected in some way to uh, Alan Bones and, uh, you know, one of these uh, organizations that Bones works with. And he said that Alan told his source that he was making too much money to spend and that he was buying real estate in Florida and was like taking all these people on vacations. And I mean, it just sounds like a, a classic 
you know, I don't want to say money laundering, uh, that's a criminal thing, but it, it sounds like he's doing just fine and is, has to find some way to hide this money. The super PAC era has brought endless complexities and record amounts of cash. But the least told story is the rampant abuse of these political vehicles to con unsuspecting Americans into giving to what sounds like a good cause. Hopefully sooner than later, new bipartisan legislation will be introduced to thwart scam packs. If so, it will be an important step to addressing other indefensible super PAC loopholes that continue to be exploited. On the next episode of Swamp Stories, we'll have another conversations episode that you won't want to miss. Thanks for listening to Swamp Stories, presented by Issue One, the country's leading political reform organization that unites Republicans, Democrats, and independents to fix our broken political system. Please subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends. Even better, rate and review it on iTunes to help us reach more listeners. You can find out more at swampstories.org. I'm your host, Weston Wong. A special thank you to executive producer Ethan Rome, senior producer Evan Ottenfield, producer Sydney Richards, and editor Parker Tant from parkerpodcasting.com. Swamp Stories was recorded in Tennessee, edited in Texas, and can be found wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is part of the Democracy Group.